Welcome to You Must Chill, the weekly podcast on all things screen free. My name is John Allen Turner, and my friend and colleague and coworker and I don't know what other titles you want to wear today. All around wise sage. All around wise guy. How about that? Oh, yeah. Over there is there Hal Edward Runkel. Hal, mm-hmm. how are you today? I am. Uh, I am mixed. Mixed. That's mixed. most days for most people. Though, yes, right? it is. But we're usually <clears throat> if not, we're being honest, we're not honest about that. Right? No, no, usually no we say fantastic no. or no, we say couldn't fun. be better yeah, or we say right. I'm okay. Yeah, I'm doing good. We never I'm say good. I'm fine. I'm a mixed bag. All right. I got uh, highs and lows and ups and downs all but, jumbled up inside of it. But me. I'm a therapist, so this is the world that I operate in. Oh. Is we're all mixed bags. You've been therapizing. I have been doing is that a what, lot. You don't say therapizing, that. though, That's not a word. What do you say? And you I certainly say counseling, don't say, you say it. You don't, but you don't say counseling, because you're... No, I say... Do you say counseling? I, I, I say counseling. You offer counsel yeah. to some people. I used to call it coaching a lot more. Yeah, yeah. Um, that term's kind of gotten weird. So, um, coaching has, yeah, I mean, it's is unregulated, it is completely. Anybody can be a quote unquote coach, yeah, which is fine, yeah, which is fine. And, I, and I bet, a but, lot of people find a lot of help, sure, from life coaches, sure, There's absolutely. And you know, parent coaches, we've trained yeah. a lot of parent coaches, yeah. There's uh, and certified them scream free, and that's cool. I, I bet I counsel, sure, okay, but it's interesting, it's an interesting term as well because lawyers are called counselors, oh, that's true, right. And I'm technically a therapist. A By the, is that what you put on your marriage yeah. and family therapist? Yes. So, but you you have uh, qualms with he, the word therapy yeah, because he, it implies some he, uh, healing. Uh, healing. Yeah, therapuo. Yeah, I heal in <laughs> Greek. You and I. Know I forget. That. Yeah, yeah. I forget, you and yeah. I know that too well. So uh, <clears throat> I don't like the idea that I'm healing you. Mm. I don't even like the idea necessarily that that's what you need. Right. Is healing. The uh, way I think of it is you're not sick, you're stuck. Mm. That's a good way of thinking about it. Yeah. And so I... Unstick people? I help them unstick themselves. That's a good way of thinking they, about it. Yeah. Uh, uh, there's a lot of metaphors. Sure. Right? But, you know, a family brings in a big knotted ball of twine that they have tried to undo, but their efforts to undo it have actually just made it... Made it worse. Knotted up. Mm-hmm. And so what we do is, uh, I used to think of it the way my grandfather, you know the first time you, you fish with an open cast? Yeah. yeah right? Yeah, yeah. As opposed to the yeah. Zebco, you know. <laughs> rod and reel. Rod and reel. Yeah, 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 yeah. But an open cast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where it takes the, your thumb on it to make sure it doesn't backlash, mm-hmm. right? And the, But the first time you do it, it's you, just you're this... You're a novice, and yes, you don't know what you're doing. It's going to get a big tangle of knots. Huge yeah. thing, right? And so what you do, you don't want to you know, think, well, I can't cut it right now because I'll use my I'll lose my grandpa's lure, right, or uh-huh. whatever. And so you pull on it. You know, it's like when you got the the garden hose in a big knot, and you just want to pull and pull. pull yeah, right? which only tightens the knot. Yeah. Well, the problem is... Very rarely, every once in a while, pulling on it yeah. undoes it. And this is like magic. Exactly. Yeah, it's, like, it's like untying your shoes. Yes. You, you pull on one end and, and whoop, it just magically right. comes apart. Yes. But that is rare. the exception. Yes, but we still hope for it because it's easy and quick, right? That's the and law of, uh, uh, what do you call it? The same reason why gambling is so addictive mm, is because it doesn't hit every time. Intermittent but it hits, reward. Intermittent reward. Yes. Thank you. Yes. 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 So, we, but my grandpa would tease at it. 
right? Okay. I mean, yeah. there may be tug a time. Tug a little here yes. and tug uh, a little there. On this loop, see what happens there. Yeah. Tug on this loop and this one, right? And it's done with deft, careful attention and calm. Mm-hmm. And it'll begin to undo itself. That's that's when therapizing, you know, <laughs> when it goes well, that's what happens. Is we work uh, as a unit to tease this and tease that, and let's explore that. And, and our client eventually light bulbs come on, or they realize they've had the answer all along, or uh, maybe they they discover. At a new depth, what it is that they really want, maybe, and, and how to be authentic about that. True, true. Yeah, there, there's lots of different possibilities. They ultimately they learn, hopefully, that uh, they are actually more in charge of their lives than they thought, and that they do not need other people's help or approval or validation as much as they thought, and so that they're a little more capable of handling things, and they're also a little more aware when things start to knot up before they get into the huge knotted ball of twine. Right, and I think that's an important thing to, to, uh, to be able to recognize, to, to be able to recognize when it is heading towards yes. a knot. Yeah. And, and to be able to uh, stop that process. Yes. Or, yes. Or, or, or if I keep doing this, then I will keep getting the knot. Mm-hmm. You know, Every and, time this happens, I end up with a knot. Mm-hmm. Maybe I need to recognize this before I get to the knot. And that can be every time I have too much to drink. Mm-hmm. Or that can be every time I choose not to voice my concerns directly. Yeah. But talk about those concerns with a third party, it usually, you know, ends up with egg on my face and people mad at me, and maybe I shouldn't do that. Yeah, right. So, you... but it takes some. Uh, sometimes it is helpful to have a, a person who is not in the system with you. Well, sure, that's what... who who can help you yeah. identify those things, and that so that that's why people come to see a therapist, a coach, a counselor, Absolutely. A, a, a helping professional of some sort. Absolutely. You or need... even just a wise and trusted friend. Sure, sure. <laughs> but the, dip, the the key ingredient, which makes a wise and trusted fin, friend uh, a difficult source to, to is see... Is because they're in the system with you. you got to have objectivity. I have a... There's, there's a guy... I don't know. Gosh, I can't remember who told me this, but uh, someone that I respect, it seems to be someone who, res, who I respect, uh, said once... Um, about hiring people as mm-hmm. opposed to bringing in a consultant. Mm. He said, if I hire you, I lose what I need most from you, which is objective eyes. Sure, sure. And he's using objective in a, a different sort of sense because well, no one is truly objective, but, but. Uh, you're not in the system, There's and I need a- eyes from outside the system to help me see stuff I can't see. Right. There's levels of objectivity, and, and but it needs to be objectivity with what we think is it needs to be objectivity with some skillful eyes yes. right to be able to see things you know and i always think about well lebron james has a shooting coach yeah 
You know, Michael Jordan had coaches. Tiger right, Woods, Tiger Woods uh, swing, coach, swing coach. You know, or Rory you know, McIlroy. Uh, yeah. The same swing yeah. coach forever. A batting right? instructors for, you know, Jose right. Bautista has, right. uh, you know, but, a swing coach. But none of us go see financial advisors. Right. And none of us go see counselors. How right. Dumb is and that? None, none of us hire personal <laughs> trainers to help us, you know, lose weight. You know, it's, it's. There's a weird stigma associated sure. with some of those things. We think I should be able to know how to do this stuff. And I will have to spend money on that stuff. And then you can say, well, it's easy for those guys to spend money on because yeah, they're so. Money. Yeah, right, right. But that's how yeah. they got there. Exactly. They did it before. Mm-hmm. Right. And it's this willingness to seek it out. Those are, it's like the one critical ingredient of people that I find more successful than others is the more successful people are the ones who continually seek out wise help. Yeah, the people who are successful are the people in general who put in the work to continue improving and to continue getting yeah, better. And they, sure. they never allow themselves to uh, reach a point where they feel like, I've arrived, I don't need any more help in this. And from my perspective, if people could see that the thing that they need the most help with because it is the thing that shapes them more than any other factor in life would be their closest relationships. Yeah. Navigating their closest relationships. And that's where the biggest stigma comes right. in because yeah. you know what I don't I don't want help doing something that everybody's been doing with for everybody millennia. else. Yes, yeah. for 6000 years yeah. or whatever, you know. So so And I'm afraid of what it says to those people in the closest relationship if they know that I'm seeking help for Mm. dealing with this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? Or if I want to involve them in that process. Yeah, at some point in time, seeking help became a sign of weakness. Mm -hmm. And, uh, And what we're learning about... As we study the science of success, mm-hmm. and there is some art to it, but there's also some science to it as well. Sure. And one of the common factors among people who are truly successful, sustainably successful, successful o- over a, a long period of time. Not just a, a, a flash one, in the pan, a one, a one shot. hit wonder. Yeah yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Somebody strikes gold or something like that. But people right. who sustain high levels of success tend to be people who seek help. Yes. In these critical areas. Sure. And and want to continue learning and growing and getting better. Yes. Yes. And there are, <clears throat> speaking of commonality, so mm. that's one of the common factors among people who are really successful. I think there are common things that trip everybody up. True. For sure. Yeah, that's when I was, when I served churches and I had people come to my office all the time seeking pastoral counsel. Mm-hmm. Everybody thinks their story is... Absolutely unique. Completely unique. Right. Right. And you you don't want to burst their bubble, but there are like five problems in the whole world. Right. Right. I mean, your problem's going to present itself in some well, unique it's, ways. It's, but it's a both and. It yeah. is, yes, you are unique. Yes. Just like everybody else. Yes. Exactly. Right. And when it comes to relationships, when it comes to anxiety, when it comes to stress, mm-hmm. I mean, they're really, how many problems are there? Like five or six. Right. There aren't that many. Right. I, I don't even there know. There are financial problems. Sure, There's, sure. you know, problems with your parents or your in-laws. They're, I mean, they're, they're universal things. Yeah. And, it, it, and uh, uh, you know, like, um, I, I know 
you have recently had some uh, family stuff going on. A lot of family coming in this week because it's your sure. uh, daughter's graduation, daughter's graduation, stuff graduation. like that. Yes, yeah, so there's family dynamics. Managing all of those expectations. Sure. Because everybody, as, as much as we work to divest ourselves of them, everybody has expectations. Well, this, yes. And the expectations have to do with conformity. Mm. Conformity to yeah. who I need you to be or who I thought you were. Right. We are dealing with these all the time. You were talking about there's five problems. And in reality, more and more, we, we see there's only two. <laughs> yeah. There's only two. Yeah. And, and one is too much isolation, mm-hmm. and one is too much togetherness. I, I say how it, the, the primary source, the fundamental source of anxiety in our world is we're all trying to figure out how to be separate and together at the same time. Right. Which is the basis of Scream Free, mm-hmm. which comes from Bowen lots of different sources, but theory Murray and, Bowen, and, yeah. and but also some other uh, much wiser people than us uh, throughout the ages. Kierkegaard. Kierkegaard being one, yes. for sure, and Augustine being another, mm-hmm. and uh, Abraham being another, and Jesus, Jesus being, being another, yeah, right? sure. and Gandhi another and one. Buddha. And, yes, yeah. and Buddha, for and, sure. And Lao Tzu. And, yes. and, uh, yeah. it, it comes down to this, how do I be fully myself and be connected to fully you without losing myself and forcing you to lose you? And the metaphor that... I was first given by one of our dear friends, David Blackwell. Yes. Uh, told me this years and years ago. I was struggling with a bad relationship, mm-hmm. and uh, and he gave me the metaphor of a hand in water. Mm. A hand submerged in water, completely engaged with the water. Mm-hmm. And yet, if you remove the hand from the water, the water is just fine. Yes. And the hand is intact. Yes. So can you be a hand in water? Interesting. Without dissolving. Without dissolving, sure, exactly. Sure, So I'm trying to go with the metaphor. I can't believe I've never heard it since I know you and David <laughs> for 15 years or well, whatever. Yeah, yeah it's, well, it's David it's, and I have known each other for more than 30 years now, So, yeah. and I think he, he must have given that to me 25 years ago. He was probably still in graduate school. But obviously it stuck it with me. you. It did, yeah. I will tell you, one of the things that's interesting, though, about that, where I went with that, is the, the water is fine, but the hand is wet. Right. The hand still well, has the but that's the thing. thing on you. When you and I, I mean I know this firsthand. Sure. You know, uh, hey, pun intended. Hey, hey. hey. When when you remove like yeah. when a relationship right. is is terminated or something like that, there are residual effects. You are affected, yes. I mean literally residue, residual yes. effects. And you are wet for a while. And that's the thing though. The hand doesn't stay wet perpetually. True. True, and it doesn't even stay wrinkled. No, right? It it eventually It'll eventually rebounds. Yeah. whatever. But it's it's this constant struggle with how close can I be to you mm-hmm. without losing me, and how together or or how how separate can we be? Right, and still maintain a relationship. Yeah. So yeah. So how close can I be to you without losing me? How far can I be from you without losing us? Yeah. Something like that. Yeah. Right. How to be together and separate Which simultaneously. Is the, one of the best ways to think about it is with a teenager. Yeah. Because teenagers are constantly told to be yourself. We, we did a whole podcast mm-hmm. on that yeah. a couple weeks ago. But there... And recognize your individuality and celebrate that. But the pressure is constantly to conform. 
conform, yes. conform, conform. The FOMO thing, fear of missing out, is fear of missing out on what everybody on, else is doing. That that other right. people are going to know things or be in on yep. things that I am unaware or of. Or be dressed in things or have seen videos that you haven't seen, right? Or are liking things. I think social media has heightened this sure. so much because I think Kierkegaard was this amazingly brilliant Danish thinker who his whole concept was that if left alone, humanity grows more and more enmeshed with one another mm. into a mob where mobs cannot withstand individual thought. Right. Everyone has to get with the chant. Yes. Or and the one guy, hooray, I'm for the other team, gets isolated and stuck on the other side of the stadium. Yes. And what's fascinating about that is how if you think through history, the more mob-like a people get, the worse they become and the worst behavior they engage in. Right. Mob mentality is never used as a compliment. Right. No. It's, and it's We call it groupthink, or we yeah. call it, right? It's, it's, I lose the capability of truly thinking for myself through an issue, and I just react to the immediate surroundings around me. It's like those big, I don't or know Or oftentimes, the, I don't react. I just go with, go with it. Sure. what everyone else is doing right. without thinking, like lemmings. Well, that's why I say it's a reaction. Because okay. you're not thinking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right? true. That's so true. So it's yeah, lemming, yeah. swimming, yeah. or those birds or whatever that fly, mm-hmm. and that one and is beautiful in those patterns or whatever. You but know? they're not. There's no individuality. No, tolerated in the system. And one of the things he envisioned, and it's absolutely brilliant that he, you know, writing in 1843 yeah, yeah. or so, he's talking about imagine if there were a box, and through this <laughs> box you could transmit images and sounds, and words, and speeches. And everyone could gather around this box and receive the same image all at once, the same message all at once. And how much would this diminish people's ability to fully think for, think themselves, for themselves and right. create more mob mentality? Well, we'll have to protect against the creation of such a box. Yes, we should. <laughs> That our fathers called the idiot box. Right, yeah, right? or the boob tube. The boob or tube, yeah. yes. It's amazing. Well, think how our fathers would have talked to us now yeah. with the constant multiple screens. Screens yeah, yeah, yeah. constantly transmitting images because to us it's, at now it's, all times. It's not, it, it started as a box that maybe one person in the neighborhood had that right. everyone could gather around. Right. Now, there's no everyone gather around a box. It's everyone has a box of their own. But it's interesting is we think it's all showing different content. But it's not. But it's not. It's the same five things over and oh, over again. Absolutely. It's the stupid video. And it's it, it's less and less profound. Yes. The more that it unites us. I the- saw an article yesterday mm-hmm. about how uh, the uh, top 40 songs over the last several years yeah. average out at a third grade reading level. Well, it has to if it's going to be appe- popular. Be popular to that many people yeah. across that many age spec. And there's tra- a- spectrum. Spectra. Spectra. Datum. Data. <laughs> spectrum. Spectra. Spectra. Yeah. And somebody, please correct me. Yes. And I saw another uh, study recently about how what what they're terming comic book movies. Okay. Comic book movies are dumbing us down as well. Sure. Because they're sure. all just. You know, shoot them up, explosions, yes. and they're fun. 
Don't get me wrong. Oh, I, I plan on going to see. Absolutely. Uh, I still haven't seen Age of Ultron. Neither have I. I really want to see right. it. I and, see and of course, it. we want to yeah, see Mad, Mad Max, Max, right? Dying to see it. So, of yeah. course, I'm going to see these movies, but are they dumbing us down? And I think the answer is yes, if mm. we're not also exposed to other thoughtful yes. images, right? And now, what's interesting, though, is you know there are people who absolutely cannot watch the comic book movies or the popular movies or listen to the right. popular music, right? right? We just... make fun of hipsters, right? Because yeah. they cannot like anything popular. Right. Right. Which, of course, creates a subculture of its own Where they're to all which alike. they conform. So in order yeah. for you to be a hipster, you have to be like me. You have to have the beard and the suspenders yeah. and listen to Mumford and & Sons and wear this... And the, although and the skinny jeans are kind of going out. But, but it's still... The, and the dark-rimmed the glasses. dark-rimmed glasses, sure. of course. Yes. And, I'm, I'm wearing dark-rimmed glasses. Yeah, but know? yours aren't nearly as thick. Okay. <laughs> Thank right. you. Yeah, 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 yeah They're not true. thick. Uh, not quite hipster culture. No, but the beard is absolutely yeah. the deal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah right? Yeah. yeah, and you got to have a vest. Of some sort. <laughs> I remember the You've vest. You've got to have I, a I vest. I have a couple of vests that, that uh, I actually yeah. were popular the first time. Yes. Vests were popular. Yes. And they've kind of come back around. The vest. So the I'm, vest I'm glad I did jeans. not divest myself of the vests. Right. Uh, because I'm popular again. Yeah. That's the, and that's the thing is the creature who is truly at balance with separateness and togetherness, you cannot pin down. Right. You can't pin that person down because they don't need you to recognize them as one thing or another. And it's not as if they shun being fashionable. No. They They allow... When fashion trends turn in their favor, they embrace that. Sure. But then they they don't allow the trends to determine their behavior. They allow it to inform it. Inform, but not determine. Determine. I, you just get like, a vote. You don't get the only vote. That's sometimes what I what I'll tell my daughter. Okay, that's you, good. You get a vote. Sure. You don't get the only vote. Right. But you get a vote. Your voice counts. Yeah. But I your, want yours you. isn't the only voice. Exactly. I want you to know that you are heard. <laughs> yeah. But that does not automatically mean that I will agree with it. Right. And fashion is the same way. Right. I want to know what's fashionable. Music and, is and the be same informed way. by that. Right. But at the same time, I, I don't want to be led by the nose. Sure by the whims of the fashion gods or whatever. Which is interesting, because when we think something is popular, we think, well, there must be something to it Yeah, that is profound, that we need to get a hold of. Mm-hmm. Like 50 million copies of 50, 50 Shades. Oh, it's actually more than that. It's 100 yes. million. Uh, it's yeah, 100 yeah, million yeah. copies of 50 sure. Shades of Grey, and the movie makes $400 million, so there must be something, something there. Or there could be this mob mentality mm-hmm. even built into that thing. That we're all re- reading it because we're all well, reading Yes. It. Right. We're all paying attention to what's next with the Kardashian clans because I don't want to not be up on what's happening with... So it, there's nothing actually there right. that is stimulating new, innovative modes of being that are good for the human race. There's something... The only reason... And it's not even necessarily interesting. It's just, it's what everybody else is finding interesting, mm. so I need yeah. to. We, we all have efforts to succumb to that. But the person who is truly balanced at doing this is a, is a rare, rare bird. Because it's the person who can fully be themselves, but not have to apologize for being themselves, mm-hmm. not, but also not have to show off how much they're right. being themselves. Yeah. 
they don't need feel the need to flex their muscles all the time. Right. Because this that's is that's an immature thing true. to have to do that. Right. But right. they don't hide the fact that they've been working out. They just don't feel the need to walk around flexed all the time. Or they don't feel the need to wear tank tops. Yeah. <laughs> Which right. should have been outlawed. Show off the guns. Sun's out, guns out, man. <laughs> <laughs> We should have. Have you not heard that? I've you heard know, that. I've just been never heard a forty-year-old uh, say. say "Sun's out, guns out." <laughs> well, I'm telling you, the, the worst one now is that the chubby shorts. Have you heard? Oh of my the gosh! Skies oh, out, those... skies out, thighs out, oh, man. It's so for that's, guys. That's oh. terrible. Oh, it's awful. That is. It's 1980 all over. I know. Again. You might as well get some corduroy op shorts, baby. <laughs> With the, <laughs> With the cord, <laughs> yes, and then the corduroy wallet that you get couldn't the, get out of the pen. Not the, the corduroy wallet. The Velcro. Well, wallet. it was. It was both. Oh, oh I mine didn't have was, it. No, oh, mine, mine was, was Velcro and corduroy, light blue with an op thing. Oh, see, Ocean Pacific. Baby. In in uh, uh, Southern California, where I grew up, yeah. they were nylon. No, we had those too. Okay. I just chose the with corduroy. The, yeah, you know. So oh, I had man, the corduroy yeah. Velcro, trying to get it out of the corduroy shorts, which you was start not, a fire. Yeah, exactly. It was <laughs> not easy to do. But man, I was like you everyone were else. Fashionable, but it yeah. was. It's like I was. I wanted to be like everybody else, but better in the like of everybody else. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. You know? Better than or like everyone else, just one step ahead or right. half a step ahead. Really, you don't want to be too far of an outlier. It's it's the you know some people are more equal than others. Yeah, yeah, right? yeah, yeah we're yeah. all equal, and I well, was, there was going to be guy, more equal. Uh, a guy named Jules Pfeiffer was a writer for the New Yorker for years and years, right. and uh, he wrote in the seventies and eighties. And uh, I remember a monologue that he wrote or a little uh, piece that, uh-huh. that he wrote for, for the newspaper or, or for the, the magazine. And it was about a, a kid who, when he was growing up, he idolized this one kid in, on his street. Uh-huh. And he wanted to walk like him and hold his posture like him and right. wear the same kind of clothes as he did. And then he came to find out that that guy had another guy that he idolized. Mm-hmm. And uh, and he tried to walk and talk like him and hold his posture and dress like him and all that. And that guy had another guy yeah. that he and it went all the way around to this one kid that everyone was trying to chase after. Chase after, and he's the kid who always follows me around and tries to do everything that oh, I do. Interesting. And so it really was this big circle that we're all trying to imitate one another. Right. We're all trying to look like one another. And where does it end? Yeah. It doesn't, as long as you're chasing after the validation of people around you. Mm, right. If I'm chasing after the validation of people around me, then what I'm actually doing is I am giving you the keys to my kingdom without realizing it. Because what I'm really asking you to do, I mean, think of the word itself, validate me. Yeah. Please, John, give me reason to to believe that that I am valid, valid. that I have a valid right to occupy this space, time, frame, skin, position, opinion, possessions, salary, car, wife, certain number of kids, school my kids go to. You need that. I need you to valid to all of those things. Believe. That I am valid. That I have a right yeah. to be. That's How much of myself am I surrendering in that moment? I'm surrendering absolutely everything, everything about me. Everything. To someone else whose opinion 
is valid as well, but... but someone else who is seeking the same validation right. from me. <laughs> exactly. This is why marriage based on validation is such a horrible model. Right. I need you to validate what I'm saying. I will validate what you're saying when you validate what I am saying. Well, who goes first? Well, you have to validate me first before I can validate you. Why is that? Because Because otherwise I don't have the belief that my opinion is valid mm-hmm. enough to validate your opinion. Okay. And so, like, it whoa. really becomes like a Nautilus. Well, and so what we do is we got to figure out who goes first, and since it's, you know what, uh, women are needier than men. Sure. So, so, so the man should probably take the lead yeah, So the this. man needs to validate her security so that then she can validate his need for sexual virility but, or, or manhood or... But did yeah. she, But why did he find her attractive in the first place? Because she was so needy and weak? If he was needy and weak... Then yes. ...but needed <laughs> someone to connect to that was more needy. <laughs> so he felt oh. less needy. That's, that's... Why do I feel like you're talking to me right now? What are I, you, you know what? I'm looking right past you. There's a person I'm looking at. It just looks like I'm looking at you, John. Okay, I'm not really got, looking yeah, at you. Thank you. Okay, I got, got uncomfortable yeah, there for a minute. At least that's you're, what you need to tell you're yourself. You're therapizing there for a yeah. second. Because right. <laughs> that's what I do with my clients. I yeah. look at them and tell them, you have been searching. That's no. right, because that's the kind of therapy we... No, that's I not. just preach not. right at you. No, what I do is ask you a careful series of questions that sure. get you to the truth of to, recognizing that yourself. To recognize yourself, yourself. Yeah. yes. Oh. That you have been sacrificing the main job you have as an adult to somebody else, or you've been hiring right. somebody else to do a job that only you can do. I, here's, here's how radical it gets. Obviously, you and I speak in churches all the time. We yeah. both have seminary educations, yeah. right? And I speak other houses of worship, you know, other faiths as well. Mm-hmm. The, uh, but what I tell folks in a Christian church is actually not even God can validate you. No. Because according to that Christian story that you say you believe, God has gone to incredible lengths to show you how valuable you are. Mm-hmm. And yet you still don't believe it. Right. You still struggle for it, and you still look for it from other people. So maybe it's an inside job. Yeah. That if you really do believe this story that you claim to believe, it has implications. That you wouldn't need your spouse to validate you. Right. You don't need your kids to validate you. You don't need your community to validate you. And even more, maybe more important, you don't need... To validate them. There. You don't need to be necessary in their life to validate them. But that is, like, that, that I think is a real hallmark of unhealthy people, mm. that they need to be needed. Sure, sure, I need to be necessary. I have, right? yes, yeah, so I am willing to go to terrible lengths mm-hmm. to create dependence yes. in the people around me. Because if you didn't need me, then you might not want me. Right. And that terrifies me. Well, and that's, for a long time, that was Leadership 101, right? Sure. That was make yourself indispensable at your job. Yes. And meaning. then, so, so they, they can't get rid of you, you even if they want to. Exactly. What we're now, of course, realizing is they have that feeling, then they will begin to sabotage the relationship. Yeah. And the whole company will suffer in order to keep that mirage alive or keep that dependency going. Unhealthy people need to be needed. Healthy people want 
to be wanted. But that's uncomfortable. Yes. Because if I want something and from you and you don't want to give it to me, uh, that hurts, right? Yeah. Now, if I need something from you... That's And you different. have it, and everybody else recognizes that you have it, then but you, you don't give it, well, you're... it's a, your fault. Yeah, you're a jerk. Yeah, you're just right. being stingy, you're just yes. withholding, it right. is all you. I need this from him, and he won't give it to me. I will give it to her if she will give me yeah. what I need, which is this. Right. And so... We talk about this in Scream for Marriage at length, but it's in every relationship. It just creates two needy people, and it creates a bond based on that insecurity. And whether we're talking about parenting, you know, a parent-child sure. relationship, sure. or, uh, you know, two, two spouses, or even an employee-employer relationship, none of us is drawn to needy people. Well, the reason we hired John is because he's just so darn needy. Yes. Uh, we really <clears throat> appreciate the fact that he cannot stand on his own two feet. And, and he has so that's why we hired zero him to comfort do this in his own job. skin. Exactly. And he needs me to tell him what to do all the time. Or what I really love so much about spending time with her mm. is how needy she is. She's uh, like yeah. an emotional black hole, and that just really lights my fire. I, what I really like is when she fishes for compliments. That is my favorite. <laughs> That's my favorite. Yeah. Yeah, right. Or When uh, he yeah. seeks my validation on every decision that he mm. makes, when he wants to know if he's a good driver, when he, you know, that's what I love so now, much of about course, him. Of what course, what folks do, because I, I, I really think because they haven't sought out objective help, right. right, what folks we do naturally, and I will do when I'm not actively seeking out objective help, uh, is we'll get very, very crafty about it. Because we'll get to this place where, okay, I need it, but I don't want to appear like I need it. Ah, yeah. And so that's where I get Uh passive-aggressive, right? And that's where I get, uh, well, crafty. Right. <laughs> I will get I will get what I Sneaky. need from yeah, I'll get what I need from you without you realizing that, that I'm you're getting, getting it. it. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Right. Covert or uh yeah, yeah, yeah. And there's lots of different ways to do this. Uh, but the passive aggressive stuff is like, no, that's absolutely fine. That's great. No, that's fine. That's fine. You do what you need you, to do. That's, yeah, that's, you, you that's go, great. You go take care of you yeah. right now. No, I'm, that's I'm great. sure I'll... You, you know, know I'm be, just here to help. Yeah. You know, I'm just here to help. And I, so when you're, you know, ready for wait. my help... I can wait. It's, yes. it's okay. I yeah. can wait for you. Sure. You know, when, when you're ready. Mm-hmm. When you are ready and in a good place, I'll still be here. I'll, right. I'll be But right you know here. you can always count on me. You can always rely. Mm-hmm. And you know that I'm... Look, I'm not going anywhere. Yeah. You, you, I'm you know, fine. I'm, I'm yes. okay. Yeah. yeah. Ugh. There's so many different ways to do it. It makes me want to break out in a rash. I know. It's and what what makes me want to break it? Why it Can makes you, me want to break out in a rash? Want to break out in a rash? Why it makes my body feel okay. as yeah, if it's going to? Because I was just gonna is say, going is that, to. Is that the expression? Yeah, makes yeah. me want to break out yeah, into yeah, a rash? Yeah, probably not. Or how but, about just makes me break out into a rash? Yeah. Uh, and the reason why is because. Those words come have come out of my mouth yeah. so often in the past. Yeah. And, and, and it, it, it makes it, you cringe when you learn ugh. how I was doing that. And, yeah. And then you bet you then it comes back to, okay, what's the source of that? Why am I doing that? And it still comes down to this sense of I've not found this balance, this balance of connection and individuality. Yeah. Right? Where this, this figure out where I need to be strong enough on my own that I don't need you to validate me, but 
strong enough on my own to actually crave the connection with you, mm-hmm. to actually seek out the connection with you and actually seek out your opinion without needing your help. That's, that's the that's thing. A distinction yeah, yeah, yeah. right there. Seeking out your opinion, seeking out your advice is different than needing your help. Right. And Be- now, there are times when everybody needs a little help. Well, and there's nothing wrong with asking for help. No, not at all. Just the thing is recognizing that the other person mm-hmm. might not have what you quote-unquote need. need. And the sun is still going to come up, and you have to figure out how to continue to breathe. But that also doesn't mean it. that person is in, is of no value. Right. Right, because they didn't right now. It's As we don't want to get in a situation where we're just you know, having utilitarian relationships. No, I only have. I'm only in this relationship because you provide a goods and service in exchange for my validation or whatever. We don't want to get in a situation like that. But that, unfortunately, is very common. Uh, Yeah, very common. Utilitarian because we're based on how well we meet each other's needs. Mm -hmm. You know, we get in this conversation all the time with folks because that steps directly on some very popular marriage materials that people really have. But it makes all of our relationships transactional. Absolutely. Which is why we end up keeping score. Sure. The last five times in a row, we've done what you wanted to do. It's my turn now. Which is why when a crisis comes into a situation, mm-hmm. especially in a marriage, uh, like uh, one spouse gets cancer, the divorce rate's over 80%. Yep. Because we've been in this, and now you can't call, you know, it, it, not only can you not uphold your end of this transactional bargain that we've been mm-hmm. doing, but now you're asking me needing me to do more yeah. than I had been doing. And, and, so, and what am I getting in return for it? Right. I'm getting nothing in return for any of this, and so right. we'll just call the whole thing off. I, sure. I, uh, I was in San Diego last weekend, and, and my cousin got married. Right. And you know, a lot of people do the First Corinthians 13 sure. out of the Christian New Testament, you know, where, the, where St. Paul it does is, the descriptions yes. of love. And one of the descriptions of love is... That love keeps no record of of having been wronged. Yes. You know? And I think you could extend that to say it doesn't keep a record of the amount of times it got the short end of the stick. Yeah. Right. That's what love really is. Or number of times you did meet my needs. Uh Uh-huh. And so I've built this expectation that you're going to continue to do that. Or I'm operating out of a deficit after everything you've done for me. The sure. least I can do is whatever, you right. know. And But I'm only doing it to try to get back to an even stance with you. Right. Right. And, and that is a reflection of this need for togetherness that... What it does, ultimately, when I need togetherness, it is I need you to help me salve the anxiety mm. of aloneness. Mm, yeah. So when I need to be with you, it's not—we you, don't realize what we're actually saying is it's because I can't stand to be with me. Yeah. Well, Bonhoeffer said— that we shouldn't trust people in community who don't spend time in solitude. Right. And we shouldn't trust people in solitude who don't, don't spend, spend any time. time in community. Right. That the two have this symbiotic relationship with one another. Yes. And, and we're created, if I can use that terminology, mm-hmm. to, to live in a rhythm of 
together and separate. separate. Community and solitude. Yes. And so many of us loathe the idea of solitude. It is terrifying. And some, and far too many of us at the same time, uh, and I'm going to step on a lot of toes here because we, we have recently in the last several years been, been like celebrating the coming out party for introverts. Right. Right. That they, Which I resonate with pretty deeply, but at the same I time, too many, too many of us introverts hide behind that. Absolutely. Because we don't like community. And saying, this is just who I am. Right. Okay, it's who you are in an effort to be uh, extremely comfortable. And oftentimes, who I am is a result of what I've done. Of course. And what I continue to do. Yes. And when I do different things, I become something different. And ultimately, the deal is, if this is who I am, and I need to be by myself, then that means I need you to leave me alone. Right. But again, I think a system... A systems perspective on this says we don't like community, right? Uh, because we don't know how to do solitude well, right? And we don't know how to do solitude well because we don't like community. And what was so what we, what it leads to is these extreme reactions, like oh my gosh, I need some time away. Yeah, right. And uh, and uh, oh. which is a uh, that's a. It's not a retreat, it, you know. It's an ex- it's an escape. It's an it, escape, it, right? And it's and we all it, the the best thing we can do is just recognize these tendencies in ourselves and and recognize. Okay, if if you're saying you're an INTJ, that's okay, me. yes, or that has been you, me in the past, that's or the thing. that yeah. that is a tendency you are drawn to right. as a baseline. Right. So instead of looking, see what happens is people then use that as well. Now I have an excuse to not do these other things, which means I need you to validate that I have a right to be an INTJ. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. Because I need you to know that I'm an INTJ. So you will leave me alone. So you can't ask me to do yeah. this, right? Because you—that means you don't know who I am. Right. Right. And it's recognizing these are tendencies. And that's the problem that with have. all of these personality, personality profiles profile, or right. enneagrams or, or sure. whatever is they can be helpful tools, helpful diagnostic. Absolutely, tools. they can absolutely be helpful to get an understanding of yourself. But let's not limit ourselves to well, I took the test, you know, or I did the thing, filled the profile out, so I'm a five with a seven right. wing, and so that's what I'm always going to be. Sure. That's not how this works. No. Because I'm constantly evolving. And the people who are even designing the thing, the, the tests, didn't want that. It's, right. it's an un- unforeseen circumstance is that, well, I'm a blue and you can't match me with a red on this type of team. So, right. you know, I can't be with this guy. Well, he's a high D. Right. And she's a, a high S. And so they're going to. Or instead of yeah. recognizing, you know what? Okay, my baseline profile, which is, I believe, my default reactive yeah. mode. And we're calling people to move beyond their default reactive modes into responsive, integrity-based yes. behavior. So this is my default reactive mode, and I'm aware of that about myself. So what does that mean? That means, you know what? I need to manage my anxiety about being upfront or being extroverted. I need to balance that. Mm-hmm. I don't need anyone else to yeah. balance that for me. And I, I need, need to, to know what, what my triggers are sure. and what my tendencies are, and I can see the knot beginning to form, right. and so I, I know how to avoid that. But 
at the same time, I want to grow beyond this reactive, what did I say? Default Default, reactive, de- mode. default reactive mode, right? I want to move beyond that so that, and here's the trick, I can do more good for more people. Mm. So I can love more people. So that I can make the world better, a better place. Not just so that I can be comfortable in the world. Right. No, the only reason I would ever seek to be comfortable in the world is so that I can gain some strength to go out and be uncomfortable for the sake of loving people. Mm. Because loving people is, by its very nature, an uncomfortable thing. Absolutely. Requires us to move beyond... That's all that love is patient. Yeah. Love is kind Nobody is comfortable. Nobody patient. is comfortably patient. Right. Yes. Love is kind. Yeah. True kindness is not comfortable. No, it's risky. Kind is not nice. Yeah, I'm, I was just uh, talked about this book I'm writing to my daughter. Yeah. Um, and one of the contrasts is I'd say be more kind, be less nice. Yeah. Nice is a, very different. And I think nice is a reaction. Or fine. It's politeness. Yeah. yeah. Fine. But being Carlin used to do a whole thing about yeah, that. Yeah. Fine. fine. But hair being, is fine. People yeah, aren't fine. Funny. But being kind uh, requires an intentional thing because sometimes being kind is not reacting to someone's misstep in public. Mm-hmm. You oh, know, well, that's that's all social media does anymore. I know, but being kind in your response. I don't know if you mm-hmm. saw um, in the last playoff series between the Houston Rockets and the Los Angeles Clippers. Matt Barnes is this player for the Clippers, and mm-hmm. he is kind of has, in some ways, a Dennis Rodman role where he's 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 supposed to be like the very annoying gnat that gets in your head, okay. and so he talks trash, he pulls on your jersey, he does these right, things, right. and that can be it's an effective role. Things. Yes, and that can be an effective role. But they were in Houston a couple a uh, week ago, and he said something incredibly rude to James Harden's mother. Oh wow. Like to where his own coach, Doc Rivers, stepped up and apologized directly to Harden's mother. Wow. It was okay, a, yeah, I didn't right? I wasn't aware of this. And I, I was fascinated by James Harden's response, right? Was uh we took care of that. Okay. You know? Yeah, uh, we done. we addressed it, we're good. Good for him. And he was yeah. he could have used that, you know, but he was like, I see no value in that. I don't need the world's validation of me as one who has been treated unfairly. Yeah. I, I don't need that. I'm not putting that expectation on those around me. And that takes courage, but it also takes self-awareness. And uh, like a an internal strength yes. of character. That Okay, there's a part of me that wants validation for that. Uh, yeah. There's a part of me that wants justice. That wants to lash out. And, and so I'm going to say, justice. well, this is what he said to my mom, and look how bad these guys are, right? And yeah. they begin thinking about, what do I want most here? What I want most is to beat this team and continue yeah. on in the playoffs, right? But I also, I want good relationships with other players. You know, more and more, it's just, who knows, that guy may be a teammate someday, exactly. whatever. But also, I just want everybody to be stronger. I don't want to... Take him at his worst yes, moment, and then use my worst to get back at him, yeah. and have people justify it and therefore validate to it. To kind of freeze him in amber in yeah. that worst moment, right? I think of people higher than that, and I don't like what it does to me when all I do is say yes to my default reactive base. Yeah. Do you know what your 
Myers-Briggs is? It has changed. Has it? Do you, do you know what it is currently? Nah. Okay. It changes. Okay. There's a funny little meme going around mm. right now about what hell will for be like. For each of your... Each I did your, see that one, and yeah, that one so, confirmed what I am. Okay. Now. As an INTJ, yeah. personally, uh, hell is when you have something really, really smart to say, mm-hmm. and you open your mouth, and all that comes out is nonsense. Interesting. And uh, so I actually, I read that, and then here's how suggestible I've been lately, because uh-huh. I've been traveling and all this kind of stuff. So I had a dream the mm. other night that I was on Seth Meyers' The Late Late, late Show. Late Show, yeah. right? And he had invited me on to talk about uh, my last book, uh-huh. right? Because he, he found out that I have kind of a clever, funny way of telling Bible stories. And yeah. so he, he's lobbing these softball questions sure. at me. And I'm opening my mouth on national yeah, television, and, and all yeah. that is coming out is like the worst, preachiest, oh, judgmental oh. rhetoric. And I can't believe I sound like a fundamentalist, and mm. I am so... I'm just beside myself, wanting to crawl out of my own skin. And it just confirmed that that is what hell is like for me. There you go. It's good. (laughs) It's good. Hey, thanks for listening to You Must Chill, the weekly podcast on all things scream-free. Two guys trying to figure out how to calm themselves down so that they can grow up and get closer to the people who matter most. Hey, you know what? What? Uh, Considering that you work for an organization that I started, if you were to do that on Seth Meyers, that would be helpful. (laughs) (laughs) We'll talk to you more next week.